Hey guys, my name's Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. I wanna welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged by the word today. Let's jump in and let's get started. Well, good morning everybody. How many of y'all ready for a comeback? Great, we wanna welcome you guys out to the, uh, to the 1115 service and uh, so glad you guys have chosen to come to High Point Church uh, and to worship God. Uh, we believe God's got something good for you. Uh, God's got something special for you. Uh, we're in the middle of, of a series here entitled The Comeback and uh, God kinda dropped that into my heart, I don't know, probably a month or so ago and uh, really begin to think about the attacks that we've all been under uh, here recently. And, uh, you know, I, the, the word that God kind of spoke to my heart and my spirit was that, that uh, to tell the people that there's going to be a comeback, tell the people there's going to be a great comeback. And uh, so we're kind of looking into that, kind of diving down into that. And I, I do want to uh, inspire you today and encourage you today, but before we jump into that, I do want to just mention that we ha- have our first uh, ever men's night tonight. Uh, so I want to invite all of you men, if you're able to come, to come out tonight. Uh, we're going to have some great barbecue. We're going to have uh, some fun, some entertainment. Uh, going to have a great word, uh, seven characteristics of a godly man. I want to not just speak that to you. I really want to impart that into your life. And I believe that God's got some things for the men tonight. Uh, so all men, uh, be here at 630 tonight. Uh, come hungry. Ladies, don't cook for you men tonight, just kick them out of the house and tell them this is where they're coming. Uh, send them down this way, and uh, we're going to have just a great time tonight. It's also a good opportunity, men, to invite somebody with you, maybe a coworker, uh, maybe a neighbor, maybe somebody that you know has kind of been on your heart. Uh, this will, you know, it'll, it'll feel a little bit like a church service, but it'll be more like uh, just men hanging out with men, having a good time, kind of a fellowship, kind of a feel. Uh, and so I think it'd be a great, great blessing to any, any guy that got invited tonight. So I want to encourage you with that. Uh, let's pray before we jump in. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this opportunity, God, and God, we thank you for your word. God, your your word is so quick and so sharp and so powerful, God. Your your word is, is Father, uh, direction whenever we need direction, God. It's hope whenever we need hope, God. It's faith whenever we need faith. And God, I just ask that today, God, that whatever each individual person needs, God, uh, that you would impart that into each person, each one of us, God, today. We thank you that church is a time uh, for us to uh, fellowship with each other, God, and that's always fun and good. And God, a time for us to be able to, uh, you know, just worship you and and tell you how good and awesome you are. Uh, But God, it's also a time for you to speak to us, speak to our hearts. And so we're open for that, God. And uh, just just speak to our hearts where we are today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on the subject of a comeback, but specifically uh, the exposed places, the exposed places. And uh, as we look at kind of where we are, uh, as 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 people, as a country, as a world, uh, you know, coming out of a global pandemic, and then all the things that kind of have gone along with that. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, and this has just been my observation, um, is that the enemy, even though the pandemic is is a very real thing, very you know, can be a very destructive thing, and not making any light of that. Uh, but I feel like the enemy got us distracted in one area and then attacked us in another area. And I feel like that's happened in many, many different uh, capacities, many different facets. Um, I believe that um, that's happened maybe in your health in another area. Maybe it's happened relationally. Um, uh, maybe it's happened in attacking our minds, our mentally, you know, our capacities sometimes get attacked. And, and so I just, just want to encourage you with what I feel like the root to all of that is. And, and uh, it really is quite simple, but at the same time, I, I want you to understand the importance of it. And, and, and so as we kind of look into the word today, um, what I want you to see is that our heart, our heart is really the key uh, to the direction of our life. And, uh, and so as we look at how our hearts are, we can really begin to get an idea of where we're going. And uh, as, as we begin to kind of dive into that, there's a, a story that I've been kind of paralleling, if you will, 
uh, in this series, and it's a story out of the Old Testament uh, and the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, specifically chapter 4, but let me kind of give you the setting just as a little bit of a recap, and many of you kind of know where we are in the story, but I want to give a little bit of a recap. Uh, And so uh, Nehemiah is, is, is a man that responded to the voice of God because his people had been attacked. There was a great attack from an enemy uh, by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon. And he came to the children of God, to Jerusalem, to uh, the children of Judah. And he began to attack their city. And when he attacked their city, it really came across in three different ways. The, the way that we hear about the most is the walls that they attacked. They, he attacked the walls and tore down the walls of the city. And to me, that represents our security, that the enemy has attacked our security within our, within our, within our own lives. And, and, and we, we feel attacked in our security on many different levels, you know, the pandemic being one of those. And then I also want to, to let you know that they, they were attacked, their, their homes got attacked, that they actually went in and destroyed the houses within the city walls. And then they also attacked the temple of God, which would have been the church of God. And so there's like this three-pronged attack that you see in the book of Nehemiah. And with this three-pronged attack, the result of this three-pronged attack was this, that the children of God got scattered. That's, that's the terminology that's used. The children of God got scattered, which means uh, one translation says they got put into exile. They were forced to go someplace else that was not their home, that they were pushed into exile. And the only, not the only, but one of the, the negative traits about being scattered is when you're scattered, you're not in unity. And so it's, it's, the, it's the trick of the enemy to be able to scatter God's people, to be able to scatter people to where they won't be connected in unity. And what begins to happen is isolation takes place. And when isolation takes place, we begin to really identify with what's really important to us. And that's where our heart gets involved. And I want to just encourage you with what the Word of God has to say about your heart. Now, I didn't put it in your notes today. And by the way, you can follow along in the church app uh, if you want to follow along with the notes or go back and read them a little bit later. Um, I didn't put it in the notes today, but there's a parable that Jesus teaches, and he actually says this. He says, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to get any other parable. In fact, if you don't understand this story, then none of the other things that I say are going to make sense. And he begins to tell a, a story of the parable of the sower, and he talks about the sower, the, the man of God or the, or the woman of God, the person of God, sowing out the word of God. And as they sow the word of God, it falls on the different types of soil. And if you talk to theologians, uh, you'll always, they'll always take you back to those different types of soil are actually our heart. And so the word of God goes forth and it lands on different types of heart. And they're kind of categorized by many different things, but it talks about their characteristics. And I don't want to dive too far into that, uh, but there's, there's usually a hard heart uh, where the word of God can't even penetrate. Uh, Then there can be a shallow heart where you receive the word of God with joy, but whenever the cares of this world come, uh, you kind of forget about the word of God. Then there's the crowded heart. That is the, the, the ultimately busy person that is so crowded, they don't have a whole lot of room for God. Uh, And so the word of God just kind of gets lost in, in, in the busyness of life. And then it talks about the fourth type heart, which is what they call the good soil heart. And that's someone that can receive the word uh, and they can, actually apply it to their life and it produces something in them. It says it produces a harvest 30, 60, or 100 fold. And so uh, there's this kind of a parable and Jesus says, so if, if your heart's not right, it's difficult for everything to be right. And so that's the point that I want you to see and then I really believe that this is a way that the enemy has attacked us. Now, let me just say this. The attacks come in outward fashions in many different ways. Okay, and I completely understand that, and I'm not negating any of the attacks of the enemy by any stretch of the imagination. But what I'm trying to let you understand is that in any attack, uh, our heart will be connected. And in, in any response, our heart will be connected. And so it's important that we realize what does God have to say about our heart? What does he have to say about how we should handle things of the heart? How does our heart respond? How does our heart do things? How does our heart see things? And so I really want to kind of encourage you in this. And 
Let me give you just a, a verse that's kind of a, a verse that we looked at last week. In John 10.10, 10, uh, this is a verse that talks about two plans for your life, okay, in John 10.10. 10. So there's, there's the enemy's plan for your life, and there's God's plan for your life, okay? And I want you to know that you, you don't have to buy in to the enemy's plan for your life, that you can actually buy into God's plan for your life. Now, this, whenever we talk about the enemy, we're talking about the devil, we're talking about Satan, we're talking about the enemy, if you will. And so this is what John 10, 10 says. It says, the enemy comes only, everybody say only, only to do three things, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So the only plan of the enemy is to do three things in your life, and this is his plan. He's not holding any punches. He's not trying to hide it from you. He is trying to kill you, to steal from you, and to destroy you. But the second part of this verse is God's plan for your life. And Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Another translation says that you might have life. I mean, you know, that's enough in itself. You might have life, but you also will have life abundantly or the abundant life. So I want you to see here that the enemy has a plan. It's very simple. Um, now here is the, the tragedy of, of this whole scripture and really uh, of what takes place is when the children of God much like what had happened with King Nebuchadnezzar that did the three-pronged attack, when the children of God know that the enemy's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy, and yet we don't do anything about it. We, we, we don't actually respond and, and actually know, and sometimes we just let the enemy come in and, and there's no fight in us. And I just want to encourage you that it's okay to stand up and fight. You're on the winning side. You're on the winning team. I mean, you, you, you serve a God that's already defeated the enemy. He's already defeated the devil when he went to the cross. He defeated death and the enemy and the grave and all those things. So anything the enemy comes and throws at us, we can have authority over those things because of what Jesus did for us in our life. So how is it, though, that good people in the book of Nehemiah, good godly people, how did they find themselves scattered? How did they find themselves exiled? How did they find themselves at a place where the enemy was kind of having his way with them? What did you, and let me just say this, by no means am I saying that, that because you did things a certain way, that, that you intentionally are trying to do something to stir the devil up to come attack you. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that's his plan. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy but God's plan is that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I want to help you begin to identify how you can step into that having life and having it to the full. And so let's look at a couple of things here. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, we're going to look at four verses today. And some of this is what we've read before, but we're going to, we're going to stop at verse 13 today. and We're going to look at what actually is happening here. So in verse number 10, it says, meanwhile, the people in Judah, and this would have been what I call the family of God. So um, sometimes our family says things to us. And this is kind of what was happening at this time when this attack was going on. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. So they're trying to come back and rebuild what the enemy has destroyed. They're trying to have a comeback here. But it says, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall, that we cannot rebuild our life. It, it looks too big. It looks too impossible. It looks too destructive. It looks like uh, things will never make sense in this arena. It looks like things will never, uh, things will never look like it's going to, we, we just don't have, we don't have what it takes to make this happen. And let me just say this, there is some truth to what they're saying. In their own ability, they don't have what it takes to overcome. But when they realize who they are in Christ Jesus, now they have the ability to overcome because greater is he that is in us than anything, anybody that's in this world. Can you say amen? So when you begin to think about that, you begin to look at that, you begin to see, hey, they're, they're speaking some truth here, but at the same time, they, they don't know the rest of the story yet. So verse number 11, 
also our enemy said, and this is what I love, is whenever the enemy attacks you, uh, just about the time you think you want, you're ready for a comeback, he's going to attack you again. Because he realizes that if he can attack you more than one time, that every time he attacks you, he just might get through and you just might start believing and you just might give up and say, you know what, you know, his plan is for me to be killed and stolen from and destroyed and so, man, that's probably what's going to happen to me. So if he can say it enough, and that's what was happening to the children of God here, also our enemies said, Before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them and we're going to kill them and we're going to put an end to the work. Then in verse number 12, I call this when the friends begin to respond. And it said, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. And so now we've got some other people that have heard what the enemy has said, and they're just corroborating the story, not one time or two times, but 10 times over that the enemy is going to show up and attack us. And let me just tell you right now, we've already established that's his plan. So he's going to attack, but yet, listen, we're on the winning side. We're on the side, and Jesus says, I've come that you may have life. Come on, somebody should get excited about having some life. I mean, he's going to give us life. And then I love this. And not just a measly, barely get along life. I'm talking about a life of abundance or a life where you can have more than enough. So he's not just promising life. He's saying, I'm going to give you a good life. So the enemy's got a plan, but I've got a plan. And I want you to step into that plan tonight or today. And maybe tonight, maybe this morning. Amen. I'm already thinking about the men's meeting tonight. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. Let me, what I want to do is I want to teach you the word uh, this morning. And I'm going to give you more scriptures than I normally would because I want to I establish a foundation uh, so that you begin to see this the right way. So it says this. It says, guard your heart above all else. Everybody say all else. Another way of saying that is the most important thing that you can be doing right now whenever you're under attack is to guard your heart. For it determines the course of your life. It determines the direction of your life. It determines where you're going to be going. It determines if you're headed towards a low point or you're headed towards a high point. It determines whether or not you are headed towards believing what the enemy's plan for your life is or believing what God's plan for your life is. So there's a, there's a direct connection here. So he says, listen, man, guard your heart. It's important uh, above all else. It's going to determine the course of your life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 15, it says this, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace. Everybody say grace. Now, when you see the word grace, it can be translated a couple of different ways, but most of the time it's translated into the word power, okay? So it says this, see to it that no one fails to obtain the power. Everybody say the power. The power of God, the grace of God. And then this is interesting that it talks about how we have at our disposal this great power, but then it goes on and he also gives kind of a caveat here and he says, that no root of bitterness. So why do we want to remember the power of God so that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble? Do you understand that, that anger is not necessarily a bad thing? When you stay angry, that's a bad thing. How many of you know life happens, you get angry? That's, that's, a, that's a human response, right? So we get upset, we get angry, but don't stay in that place because when you stay in that place, what, you're, what the potential that could happen is, is that you, you could let down your guard around your heart and you could let something into your heart that could hinder you and that's the attack, that's the trick of the enemy. So we're looking for this power so that a, not just bitterness, but a root of bitterness doesn't come in. Root is when something digs down and puts its roots out. It's not easily pulled up. It's a root of bitterness that springs up. And this is what it says. It's very simple. It causes trouble. And this is what I think is also good that he adds on to here. And by it, many become defiled. So the fact that guarding your heart, maybe the reason that it's so important is not just because it affects your life. Maybe it affects somebody else's life. So here we go. 
This is what I wrote. The direction of your life follows the posture of your heart. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your, everybody say the word, heart, will be also. So where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me just say this. Many people, whenever they hear the word treasure, they automatically gravitate to um, uh, finances, money, or personal possessions in that realm. And that is absolutely true. You, we, you, can, you, you can talk about that. I preach it that way many, many times. Because I believe that anything, though, can be your treasure. So there is treasure for sure, and it could definitely apply to that. But what if treasure is something that your heart follows? So whatever your treasure is, that's where your heart begins to follow. And what's interesting here is why he says to guard your heart, basically what he's saying here is check your treasure. Check your treasure. Check check what it is that you've decided is the most important thing in your life. Check what it is that you've decided is, is that thing that I'm really, really concerned about right now. And this is not a, a, a right or wrong, good or bad. It's that it's important that we know where our heart's at. And it's important to know that, that our heart is going to follow the treasures in our life. And so if we're following the treasures in our life, then we have to begin to identify, is my treasure in the right place? Is my treasure where God wants it to be? Is my treasure Am, am, I, am, I, am I, let me just say this, the enemy, just like with the pandemic, there is the health side of it, but then there is, the, there is the, all the other things that happen. And listen, all the other things that happen, relational things, people having to you know, deal with mental issues, um, businesses you know, going under, uh, families not getting along like they used to. I mean, th- there's so many things that kind of came out of the pandemic so he, he, has, he attacked over here and he snuck in over here. But what happened is he attacked over here and he revealed your heart over here. So if he revealed your heart, now you know where your treasure is because your, your heart has followed this. The crazy thing is, is this is not a, a new thing. In fact, let's just skip back up to our, our verse real quick in, in Nehemiah chapter 4. This will be going back up, guys, if y'all are following me. Verse number 13. This was Nehemiah's response to everybody saying how bad it was and to the attack of the enemy. This is the response to the attack. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall. Everybody say lowest points. I don't know about you, but maybe you've experienced a low point over the past year and a half. Maybe you've experienced, maybe you're experiencing a low point right now. So it says this, therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the what? Exposed places. So we've got the initial attack that we're all focused on. And then we got the secondary attacks that are revealing what we're focused on, that are revealing where our heart's at, that are revealing where our treasure truly is. So let's, let's see how this, this happens here. He goes on to say this, uh, and so he's posting them by families, which I think is important, the importance of family. That's for somebody, the importance of family, like family matters. Family's really, it, it's a big deal. Families are important. Families are set up by God. I'm going to move past that. I don't know who that was for. Posting them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And we're going to, we're going to come back and look at that here in just a second. But let's, let's keep rolling here. So in Proverbs chapter 21 in verse number 2, skip down a little bit. It says this, people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. 
So we, we could be right in what we think about stuff. But ultimately, God's going to find out if we're right or not because he's going to examine our heart. And that's not in a, I'm going to get you. Don't, 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 don't hear it that way. It's not in a, I'm going to get you. It's in a way of he's looking for our heart. Let, 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 me, let me say it this way. Do your beliefs line up with the word of God or do your beliefs line up with what you treasure? Do your beliefs line up with the word or do they line up with what you treasure? Because when the pressure goes up, the treasure gets revealed. And again, this is not a condemnation thing. Jesus is just saying, guard your heart. Take care of your heart. Because out of it determines the course of your life. Remember, the enemy's got a plan for you. Don't let him suck you into the plan because of your treasure. God's got a plan for you. That you can have life and have it to the full. Get sucked into God's plan. What does that mean? Give God your heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 through 10. I just want to give a little bit more foundation here before we, I'm going to give you the response of how we, how we turn this around, okay? So in Jeremiah chapter 17, 9 through 10, the human heart, this is Jeremiah the prophet of the Old Testament, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Yikes. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts, and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19, but all the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. Let me just say it this way, or another translation says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, if you think about a ship moving through the water, your heart is your rudder. And it's going to move you in one direction or another. So it's going to determine where you're going to end up. What I'm trying to get you to do is to understand the schemes of the enemy. And don't begin to think that one thing is right when it's really wrong. There was a song years ago, Christian song, Christian Music way back, and I'm going to date myself here for sure. It was, a, it was a group called Truth. They traveled around. They had some Christian music. It was, it was a good group back in the day, back in the early 90s. And this was the, the main song that they, that they sang. What if I've risen to the top of a mountain? What if, I, what if I think I've risen to the top of a mountain only to find out that I'm really in the bottom of a well? What if I think one thing is right and it may not be right? What, 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 if, what, what, if my, what if my treasure is not where God wants it to be? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, all the things that we see all around us all the time. The word defile means unclean or spoil. So, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these things spoil or uh, cause them to be unclean is what it's talking about. So here's the big question and I want to just lay a little foundation so that you see how God or what God is saying, how important your heart is. So here's the big question. How do we get from the low point to the high point? How do we repair, revive, renew, restore, rebuild? How, how do we go back and how do we cover up the exposed places? And, l- and l- let me just say it this way. Cover up is not even the right word. When you give God your heart, what usually begins to take place is lots of people think, man, once I gave God my heart, I'm perfect all of a sudden. And you think that because you think Christians have to be perfect. But in reality, Christians are not perfect because nobody's perfect. 
I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. I'm gonna let you down, you're gonna let me down. If we hang out with each other long enough, I'm gonna do something that probably offends you. You're gonna do something that probably offends me. But as long as we're worried about what we're offended about, being offended actually builds a fence around your heart. So if you're constantly being offended then it's, it's basically building a fence where God can't get to your heart. But when you truly come to God, and you're going to have an opportunity to do this today, when you come to God and you're like, God, I want to give you my heart. He talks about this. I want to give you my heart. I, I, want, this, I want this reconciliation to take place. I, I, want, I, want, I want to be able to know who you are, and I want to do things your way. So when you give the Lord your heart, what he's going to do, first of all, he's going to say, all right, now, all right listen, that's, that's awesome because now you know who you really are, okay? I made you, I created you, now you know who you really are. But there's some things in your life that you need to deal with. And so he'll begin to show you as you walk out your relationship with God, he'll begin to show you what you need to deal with. And here's the crazy thing is, he'll begin to pull stuff out, but as he pulls stuff out, he doesn't want to leave that void. He wants the Holy Spirit to take up that void in your life. Because the Holy Spirit, listen, is God's voice. He's the one that talks to you. He's the one that tells you what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. He's the one that gives you direction. He's the one that gives you the word of God. He'll bring it to your remembrance when you're going through something difficult. He'll bring you the word of God so you can pray the word of God over your situation. He's the one that brings that stuff up. And so the enemy is trying to get you to keep that fence around your heart. But if you'll truly say, you know what? I I recognize the enemy for what he's trying to do and I'm going to give God 100% and I'm 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 gonna submit to him 100%. And then whenever you do that, what you're doing is now you're, you're taking back what the enemy has stolen. You're saying that, that, that his plan has now been discovered. I didn't put it in your notes, but if you read a little bit further down, it actually says that when the enemy, Nehemiah, when the enemy realized that they figured out what the enemy was trying to do, that the enemy got humiliated. That's what the word says. Can you imagine in your situation right now, and you know how bad the enemy's attacked you, but what if right now you said, you know what, I recognize him for who he is. I'm not going to let him have my heart. I'm going to make sure I'm doing things the way God wants me to do them. And then what's going to begin to happen is now, because of your actions and your steps that you're taking and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you're now going to have authority over the enemy, and he's going to be humiliated in this situation. I don't know about you, But if I'm under attack, that's what I want. But can you see how it all starts in your heart? If your heart's not right, it's not going to work. If your heart's not where it needs to be, it's not going to work. And let me tell you, the enemy is creative, very creative to get you to be offended about things, to keep your heart from being penetrated by the love of God. So here's the big question. How do we get from the low point to the high point? How do we repair, revive, renew? How do we do all these things? Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend in your what? Own understanding. Let me tell you right now, my own understanding has gotten me in lots of trouble lots of times. (laughs) because I just knew it was right. I just knew I had it figured out. I just knew what I thought was right. And listen, I'm not saying what you think is never right. I'm just saying maybe we should just slow down and long enough to ask what the word of God has to say about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Can I just get on your toes for a minute? Okay. Seek his will in all you do. What we like to do is seek his will and what we want to hear his will about. We, we don't want to seek his will in areas of our life that we have, we've just go ahead and marked that off limits for God. And what it does is it keeps you from being at all that God wants you to be. 
It keeps you from fulfilling the destiny and the plan that God has for your life. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When we put him first, he makes it easy. He begins to show us which path to take. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to make it plain. He even has another scripture that says, I'm not the author of confusion. I'm not going to confuse you. If you're confused, it's the enemy. Look at the carrot over here while I attack you over here. Trusting God with your heart shows you the right things to do. Psalms 51.10, this, is, this was David. Y'all know King David if you don't know much about the character King David in the, in the Bible. We see him as, as a child, as a teenager, as a man, and as a king. As a child, he killed a lion and a bear. As a teenager, he killed Goliath. As a man, he committed adultery. As a king, he committed murder. This is what God said about him. He's the apple of my eye. Well, how does that make sense? Because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. David wasn't perfect. What did David have right, though? The prophet Nathaniel, Nathan, came to him and he said, listen, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. You have not guarded your heart. And this was David's response. You can look it up. It's in Psalm chapter 51, verse number 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal, steadfast spirit in me. It's not that we have to be perfect. It's not that you should, don't beat yourself up for like, I got this wrong for so long. No, like have this attitude of creating me a clean heart. Like come back to your father. Ask God to create a clean heart in you. Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart. I even, I, God takes it one step further. I'm not gonna give you, I'm not gonna fix up your heart. I'm not gonna bang a couple of dents out of your heart and be like, yeah, pretty good, go on. No. What is he going to do? He says, I'm going to give you a new heart. And I love this translation, New Living Translation. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. (laughs) That may not be for you, maybe for your neighbor. (laughs) And give you a tender, listen to this, responsive heart. If you've never responded to God, maybe your heart's not where it needs to be. It's a responsive heart. So God is asking for an exchange. This is what he's asking for today, an exchange in your life. Our stubborn heart for his tender heart. Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Everybody say close. Close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Going back to Nehemiah, verse 13, one more time. Therefore, I station some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall, the lowest points of your life, at the exposed places where the enemy's been attacking you, posting them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. This is where the message gets very practical. In closing, we'll be done in here in just a, a couple of minutes. Three weapons for the exposed places that you need in your life. Number one is the sword. The sword is the word of God. It is the word of God. Listen to me. There is power in the word. There is power in the word of God. Don't try to fight the enemy without the word of God. And let me just tell you this. Anytime that the enemy wants you to, wants you to think that you're okay, it will always, always be an attack or him trying to pollute the power of the word of God in your life. Always. So if you're not sure, is that God or is it not God, is it, is it, is it contradicting the word of God? Is it attacking the word of God? There are lots of movements that are going on today that, that, that are not necessarily all bad, but if you get down to the root of it, it attacks the word of God. And, and we call it Godly. And I'm like, what? what? God doesn't say that at all. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture, everybody say all scripture, is God breathed and is useful. So this is what the word of God can be useful for in your life, teaching, rebuking, we don't really like that, but it happens, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
You need to be equipped for what God has for you to do. The only way to be equipped is to understand the word of God. It is not a recommendation. It is the word of God. Well, Pastor Scott, I don't understand all of it. That's okay. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit in your life to reveal to you what the word of God says and what it means. And when you do that, he'll begin to show you. He'll begin, listen, if you ask, he's going to show you something. You, you may not like what he shows you. You'll be like, well, that ain't God. <laughs> you got to take down that offense in order to let him in. Here we go. The word of God has to be the standard. In, 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 the, in the Garden of Eden, isn't that what the devil told to Eve? Did God really say that? Did he really say that? See, the enemy is always trying to get you to question the word of God. Is that what it really says? Is that what it really means? John three sixteen number two here. Let me give you this, the spear. So he talks about in this scripture, he talks about the sword, the spear, and the bow. So this is number two, the spear. This is your relationship with God. It's the, it's the closeness. A spear is it's not a, a sword where you're fighting like right here, but a, a spear is a short distance type of a deal. So it, it has to be within just a couple of feet. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son or his only son that whoever believes in him, everybody say believes. This is the word. Whoever, this is what you're supposed to do. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So close uh, distance fighting is what the spear is. Whenever they hung Jesus on the cross, it says they pierced his side with the spear. Pierced his side. Blood and water flowed. Do you understand that your relationship with God is so important? Let me tell you two, two benefits that you have from that. There's many, probably everything in your life, but let me give you two. One is, is salvation or one would be the relationship that you seek with God. The reconciling of you coming back to God as his child. That, that, that is, that's the reconciliation, okay? So the blood provides the forgiveness of your sin so that we can come boldly into his presence, right? Okay? Let me tell you what the blood also does. The blood also, it says this, by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. So what Jesus did on the cross is he actually, he's releasing power through what was taking place that day. He had to lay down his life so that you and I could have the life that we couldn't provide for ourselves. But here's the deal. Don't get hung up in a heart situation so that, so that when the enemy comes in and begins to destroy your life. Like know who you are through a relationship with God and begin to understand that, listen, he's provided for you this, this he paid the price for you. We're not good enough. He, he laid down his life and paid the price and that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. It's relational. The spear represents relational. So go to battle with the sword of the spirit, with your relationship with God, knowing who you are. And the third one is the bow. Now the bow, that's like, that's long range. We're trying to get somewhere. If you look up the word bow in the Hebrew translation, it translates to the word tread. The word tread actually means this, to walk in a specified way. So if you're gonna be equipped to be able to overcome the attack of the enemy, you gotta have the bow down also. That is to tread, to walk in a specified way. And let me just tell you right now, God wants you to walk and live the life and walk out the life that he has for you, not the one that you think is right. Sometimes I say stuff and I wish I wouldn't have said it. Luke chapter nine, verse number 23, then he said to them all, whoever, whoever, anybody, don't matter, no, no qualifications here, whoever wants to be my disciple, must do a couple of things. Number one, deny himself. That's not a popular subject. But I want to do what I want to do. This is how I am. Really? Have you asked your creator about that? Deny yourself. Deny yourself. The enemy's trying to get your heart. He'll always connect the sin that he wants to pull you into with a heart issue. 
it'll always be connected to identity. It'll always be connected to are you really who God says you are? Must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Come and follow me. Take up your cross daily. What does that mean, daily? This is discipleship. The bow, the manner in which you tread, the manner in which you walk, it matters. It matters. So you, you have to get this bow as a weapon. I'm going to walk out my life. I'm not going to stay where I am because where I am may not be where God wants me to go. And if God has something for me, let me begin to walk this direction. There's a scripture that talks about when I was a baby, I used to eat as a baby and cry like a baby and this kind of stuff. But when I became a man, I, I did away with childish things. You know, we got men's meeting coming tonight. We're never going to have a men's meeting without food. Let me tell you what we're not going to serve you tonight. Though. We're not serving no Gerber baby food for you. What if you got here tonight and there was three tables set up and you had Gerber baby food laid out there? peas and carrots and you're like oh it's okay guys it's okay let me let me give you a little spoonful let me give you a little spoonful but what, what if we stand up and start saying okay I want to be discipled like I want to go further in my relationship with God like what does that look like it's not a box that I check and I'm done like you you are saved by grace it is one thing you're saved once you give your life to the Lord you're saved but the very next verse says you are saved to go and do something for God. So you have to begin to walk that out every single day in your life. And as you begin to walk it out, what happens is you're at baby food right here, and then they're going to give you some goldfish. You know what I'm saying? Then after that, maybe every once in a while they're going to give you a little ice cream or something. And then next thing you know it, you're coming up here, and before you know it, man, you're having, you're having some steak. God's trying to take you someplace. Don't get distracted over here and let your heart be offended about something so the enemy can keep you where he wants you to be. You will never know who, who he made you to be. This is talking to somebody's spirit. You will never know who he made you to be as long as you stay over here and the enemy's just having his way with you. <laughs> We've got to learn how to walk couple ways that we can help you do that. Small groups. We kicked off small groups this, this month for our, our, our uh, fall semester. Man, things are going good. Uh, but I know many of you are not in a small group yet. You should be in a small group. Why? Because it's how we learn to tread. It's how you pick up the bow. It's, it's, it's taking you to a place where you need to be. One of, the, one of the, the groups that we love is our freedom group. What is Freedom taking out the old baggage. Why do you think that you're the way you are? Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something. Somebody. Let, take out all that stuff. Come on, take it to the Lord. Give it to the, get that stuff out of your heart and then let him fill that back up with the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We got freedom group for men, freedom group for women, freedom group. We got freedom group for married couples. There's some marriages that need some freedom. Get in the freedom group. Change your life. Well, I don't, how does that work? How does men and women in the same room work out? Well, you're in the same room for a little while, then you split up in men over here and women over here. And this is, we are going to let you kind of resolve your past, but then what's going to happen is we're going to give you, we're going to offer you the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. What does the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit do in your life? It gives you the power to say no to what you got to say no to and yes to what you got to say yes to. That's it. I've, I've talked way too long. I'm way over time. Stand up if you don't mind. I want to pray for you. Here we go. If you don't mind, just bow your head, close your eyes. I want to talk to a couple of different groups of people. First one is this. Man, if, if you've never surrendered your life to God, never believed on him. You've never reconciled yourself back to God. You, you've never, you don't know what it means to be a believer. And you can see now that God wants your heart. That, that's, that's your very first step. I'd love to help you take that step. 
And we're going to pray here in just a moment. And when we pray, I'm going to lead you through a prayer where you, you could take that step. I also want to talk to another group of people, though, that maybe it's just your heart. Maybe your heart is not in a good place. Maybe it's not where it needs to be. And if it's not where it needs to be, maybe you have identified, now, man, I've got to guard my heart, and I've got to get my heart back. I've got to get my heart right. And maybe you're in a, in a position where you need to get your heart right. If that's you, then this prayer will be for you too. I'd like everybody just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, forgive me of all my sins. God, I come before you just like I am. And I say, have your way in my life. I give you my heart. God, I thank you that you're going to take my heart and you're going to give my heart back as a heart of flesh. God, I say that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God, for loving me so very much. God, I thank you right now, God, that every single person in here, God, that needs to turn their heart back towards you, God, that after that prayer, God, that that's exactly what they've done. And I thank you right now, God, that you're going to allow them, God, to pick up that sword, the word of God. God, to pick up that spear, have that relationship with you, God. And God, to pick up that bow, begin to walk out their relationship with you. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for a, a church, God, a, a full of people that are growing in you. They're taking their next step. God, we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this message, we want to encourage you to subscribe and to also share it on social media. You can always jump over to our website, myhighpointchurch.com. Click the giving link. What that does is it helps us to continue to share the message of Jesus Christ across the world. God bless you and remember, you can do all things through Christ.